0: Today's scripture reading is from Psalm 77. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, that He may hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. I think of God and I moan. I meditate and my spirit faints. You keep my eyelids from closing. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old and remember the years of long ago. I commune with my heart in the night. I meditate and search my spirit. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love ceased forever? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? And I say, it is my grief... That the right hand of the Most High has changed. I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is so great as our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have displayed your might among the peoples. With your strong arm, you redeemed your people the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. The very deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies thundered. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea. Your path through the mighty waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now a moment where we should have used different words. <coughs>
1: ah! Ow! Ow!
0: Ow! Ow! My leg hurts. Help. Uh, Ow. Oh, my days.
1: Uh, Ow. Time heals all wounds.
0: This has been a moment where
1: we should have used different words. Thank you, Madison and Parker, for opening up our subject for today. Would you join me in prayer? God of grace. Help us to think about the words we say and how we say them. Help us, Lord, to show those fruits of the Spirit in whatever it is we do say. Your love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Lord, may all the words that we say The meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, for you are our rock, our redeemer, and our refuge, and it is in your name that we pray. As all of us together say, amen. Time heals all wounds. Have you ever said it? Has anybody ever said that to you? We're continuing a sermon series today called Different Words. The purpose of the series is to give you practical words and actions that you can use in your relationships with others when life gets messy. We're looking at old phrases that we tend to say when someone we know is going through a difficult time. And how might we offer different words, more helpful words and actions as the body of Christ that would be more faithful to how God calls us to be with one another out in the community and in our homes. Today's old phrase is time heals all wounds. What does scripture have to say about that? And what might be better, different words. I've heard this phrase uh, said inside the church and outside. Perhaps you have to. We usually say it to be encouraging. Someone has, has experienced a disappointment or tragedy, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, a betrayal. And we feel like we need to say something. Maybe this phrase was said to us and maybe we don't know what to say. And even if we didn't like it when it was said to us, we find ourselves saying it because we don't know what else to say. And we try to make ourselves comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. And so we search in our minds, what's the thing that I say in this moment? Let me put a silver lining on it with the best of intentions without realizing it. What we say can wind up hurting the other person. Time heals all wounds. From where did that phrase come? I've had people tell me it's from Proverbs in the Bible. No, it's not. <laughs> I've also uh, spent a little time last week researching from where does it come? I found three different possible stories of origin One points to 300 B.C. and a Greek poet named Menander who wrote this. Time is the healer of all necessary evils. Another theory points to a poet named Terence around 175 B.C.E. who wrote time assuages human ailments. A third theory said it was Chaucer in the 1380s. Who knows? (laughs) How did the phrase get associated with the church at large? Some point to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, those first eight verses now made famous by folk singer-songwriters in the 1960s that tell us that there is a time and season for everything that happens under heaven. That includes wounds and the recovery from them. The passage says there's a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to speak, a time to listen, a time to mourn. A time to heal, a time to be born, a time to die. That scripture expresses a little of what is true about this old phrase. That our bodies, our hearts do need time to heal. And any of us who have ever scraped a knee or fallen off a bicycle know that. Saying time heals all wounds is like saying to someone, hang in there. Give it time. You won't always hurt as strongly as you do right now. Time allows perspective. Taking a half step back to process and heal. And as with most of the phrases in this series, there is some kernel of truth in it. Yet many counselors will say these phrases can do more harm than good. And we as pastors were trained to not say them. Why might time heals all wounds be a potential problem? Saying the phrase can communicate an unintended callousness. That by saying it, we've done our thing. Or we've indicated that we're not going to take the time to fully listen and in empathy hear what's actually going on. We tend to use the phrase more like a band-aid wanting people to get over what happened and wanting them to do that on our timetable. I've heard it paraphrased, and I apologize, as suck it up, buttercup, and get over with it. Problems come when we try to assume we know how much time it ought to take someone else to heal. Like there are these unwritten formulas that we learn that we're taught, try this... (laughs) What about falling off a bike? How long does it take to heal that wound and get over it? Rule of thumb, 6.4 days. Depending on your age, how severe the injury, the condition of the bicycle, whether the roads were wet or icy, whether other people were involved, time heals all wounds. And run up the stairs. (laughs) What about the loss of a job? What's that formula? That's exactly proportional to the number of years you had the job and whether you liked the job and what was involved. It's one month for every year plus an additional three weeks per each co worker who was, you were hoping would continue the relationship after you left, but they didn't. Time heals all wounds. Really. How about the loss of someone we love? The workday world offers three. Days of bereavement leave. Three days. However, if we have been there, we know that is oh so woefully short. Grief takes as long as it takes if we want to grieve fully. Three days is never enough time. Everyone grieves differently. And sometimes we never really heal, if that's what you call it. We learn to live with it and keep going. And if there's trauma involved, that is a whole different ballgame. When we experience trauma, time may not be healing at all. When something triggers that trauma, it's like it's happening again for the first time. Grief can be complicated. Persistent seasons of grief are connected to the type of loss and the length and the nature of the relationship whether that's family a miscarriage friends co-workers pets grief can last a week or four decades what we mourn is not only the past and the absence of that someone in the present we also mourn in the future. When events come up, that person would have been there or the future that we wanted that person to be able to have. Grief takes as long as it takes, and there is no official timeline. And that's where this old phrase gets us into trouble. Does time heal all wounds? Some wounds? Is it time that does the healing? Or is it something or someone else? Or is it what we do with time? The old phrase says two things are a given. Number one, that there will be wounds in life. And number two, that healing is possible. And that's good news. That's where we turn to our scripture today, Psalm 77, that Derek read for us. This is one of those raw, gut-wrenching psalms that illustrates, as writer Kathleen Norris puts it, the psalms defeat our tendency to try to be holy without being human first. Psalm 77 shows the very human side of healing and loss and grief. Note the first nine verses. They capture how God invites us to feel however it is we feel and get it out. This person in the psalm is inconsolable and is having trouble thinking This person is letting out feelings and questions that we're sometimes afraid to say. And all of that suggests a side note I want to make here. There's another phrase that's a problem. I know just how you feel. Please don't say that. As pastors, we're taught to not say that. Because no, no you don't. Everybody goes through experiences differently. Everybody is impacted by them differently. And we don't know how someone else feels. Not really. But we need to have safe and sacred space with safe people to let folks feel however they feel. Like the writer in this psalm, broken, sad, angry, railing at the world and railing at God, and that's okay. And naming how we feel and raising questions are part of healing. And it's healthy. Verse 10 in the psalm is a pivotal one. It says that grief and loss can make God look strange to us. And can bring out fears in us about who God might really be. Tragedy and grief do not play nice with theology. And that's okay. That's the crux and the challenge of theodicy. And we'll talk more about that in two weeks. But fear and questions and faith can all live on the same plate in holy space. The thing that is happening that does not make sense can live beside this thing that tells us God is love and God is with me and I'm hurting and all those things can be true at the same time. It's messy. We then read in this Psalm after verse 10 the wrestling about all that unfolding in the text. The psalmist stops and takes a deep breath to remember who God has been in the past. One of my friends calls this her, what do I know in my knower moment? What do I know in my knower to be true about who God is? God loves me. God is with me. God is for me, not against me. God doesn't want me to hurt. And the God that has been there in the past and carried me then is the same God who is carrying me now. And I remember. You are the God who redeems. You are the God who is great and strong and present with me. You are the God who makes streams in a dry desert when we cannot see what happens next. That's who you are. And in the last few verses of this psalm, the writer says, In faith, your way, O God, is through. Through what is difficult. Through the sea. Through the waters. And I know that you are leading me even when I cannot see your footprints. This is the let's plow through this thing together, God. This is the I'm not leaving you alone, God. There's no quick fix for hurt and loss, for grief. No shortcut in the process of healing. We can only go through it with this ever-present God who makes a way. Did you notice in the last verse, there's a reference to this incredible story in the Old Testament. The psalm recalls how God led people in the wilderness with Moses and Aaron and provided manna or food in that wilderness for them when they didn't know where they were going or what the outcome would be or how they would get there. That God provided for them in their wilderness as God will provide for us in ours. Healing begins in wilderness spaces. When we don't know how it will go or how we will get through. Or sometimes what the next step will be or how long it may take. God simply reminds us we are not alone and God is with us on every step of that journey. And that is the message of Psalm 73 for us. And that is far deeper than what that old phrase says. The need for healing in life is a given again and again. Stuff happens, right? Much of it out of our control. That's the truth. And it is not God's desire for us or others to be broken. The God of the resurrection says that we may be broken and not know what comes next and yet rise. We can be in what feels like a tomb and yet rise. In strength that is not of our own making. May God give us this abundant life and may God's abundant life in us be more insistent and stubborn than the wounds that come. For healings, maybe we can't imagine in the power of the God of the resurrection who speaks into us and over us again and again to bring us through. So, Pastor Emily if it's not best practice to say time heals all wounds what can we say? What are different words and actions? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Let's start with actions. Here are three. You might want to write this down. Show up. Listen more. Talk less. Show up. Listen more, talk less. Empathy matters. Companionship matters. However we do it, show up can be cards, calls, texts in person. Show up can mean different things. But give someone who is hurting the blessing of sitting with them when you do not know what to say. Grow in your ability to be comfortable with being uncomfortable when someone else is telling you their story and we don't have the answers and we won't have the answers and we're not able to fix it. Make safe space to let people feel what they need to feel and get those things out and be with them when they do. Joyce Rupp writes, We cannot pray the ache out of each other, but we can acknowledge the ache and be with the other in it. Number two, if you are the person who is hurting, please be gentle with others and with yourself. What is healing for you may be different for someone else, and you never know what someone else is carrying. It's what we do with time that can make a big difference. Here are some things that many people find helpful. Companionship. Healthy conversation. Counseling. Understanding the messy process that is healing. Being with people you trust. Journaling. Meditation. A healthy support system. Leaning into that. Forgiveness. And simple things like meeting a friend for coffee taking the dog for a walk, having others pray for you when you don't feel like prayer and don't have words for it until you are ready to pray and sing again. God works in many ways for our healing. Number three, if you are the one who is hurting, when you're ready, keep living and make meaning in the time it takes to move us toward healing. Do the little things. Look at pictures. Tell the stories. Help your children to tell the stories and draw them. Get up in the morning and brush your teeth. Eat. Do those little things. How God moves in time can be healing. Psalm 77 tells us that The way is through it all. Do you want something else to say if we're not encouraging you to say time heals all wounds? Well, how about this? Several years ago when I was going through some grief of my own and some depression associated with it, I got a card in the mail from one of my closest friends. And she wrote on the front, you're about to get sick of me. And I opened it up and it said, I care about you too much to let you go through this alone. How about we say that? I care about you too much to let you go through this alone. If you'll let me. I want to show up and do it with you. My friend was good to her word. Through cards and calls and texts and food. Through picnics with her and her infant daughter. She showed up in so many ways and was with me. And I am grateful for that and will never forget it. I care about you too much to let you go through this alone. God is with you and I am with you. Do you want to talk? Let's get coffee. Let's go for a walk. Let's watch the game. We walk through our losses and wounds in the strength and presence of the God who is with us and bears us up and wraps us in the love of a community that God puts around us. This is who we're called to be for one another. One of the phrases I like to say is like God's love with skin on it. That we show up and we talk less and we listen more. This is who we're called to be for each other in here and out there. In this community, may we be evidence of God's love for someone else when they are hurting. Thanks be to God for such a calling. Amen and amen.